Well, good morning, Graceview. How are you? It is good. That's right. That's exactly right. It is good to be back with you once again. And I'm telling you, it's exciting. Uh, by the way, I just want to let you know that when it comes to worship, it ain't all this way. You understand English, right? So cherish what you've got. And believe me, if we are alive, and a lot of folks just kind of endure church, we don't want to endure church, we want to enjoy the worship of the Lord. That's exciting. And I appreciate so much your time being here with us. I want to pray for Jeff in just a moment, the family. And uh, I got a call yesterday afternoon, in fact, I was on the way into a funeral, and uh, he did call, I had to get back to him, and I was available. Let me kind of tell you a little bit about me right now, I wear two hats. One, I wear, I am the senior adult minister at uh, First Baptist Church, Simpsonville, South Carolina. I finally graduated and I'm old enough, so I qualified. Uh, I've been there for a while, I hate to say that, but it's been good. I'm also still with the North American Mission Board, also part-time, both of these. And uh, on behalf of NAM, let me welcome and thank you for your giving. You're giving to the cooperative program, you're giving to Lottie Moon, which is coming up soon. Obviously, you're giving to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, which kind of goes to support our missionaries. And then, of course, Janie Chapman and the other offerings that will be there. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And it's good to be back with you today. And I appreciate so much this opportunity. Take your Bibles, if you got them this morning, Psalm 103, if you will. It's a familiar psalm. In fact, it's a psalm, I believe, that would be called the Mount Everest of praise. David just kind of burst forth. And I believe that is what God called us to do, folks is that we are here to praise Him, even in the valley, in the hard times, in the difficult times. We know that uh, during these days, these are certainly confusing times for us in this country. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? What's going to do this? Let me help you out. This is not going to be on the news, thank God, which I don't listen to anyway anymore, because you can't trust them anyhow. I just say that. Uh, I'm not going to get political, I promise. Let me say this to you. There's only one source of news, and that is God Almighty. His Word is still true. His Word is still authority. His Word is still our hope. And it's the one thing that we have today and we're grateful for. Psalm 103, and what I want to do this morning is just kind of preach on really what I believe is God's divine absolute prerequisites or God's divine package. It'd be that. You know, when you benefit package, you know, you think about that. When you go to work, you know, you get a salary or whatever they offer you a job. They give you benefits. You know, you get this, you get that, and so on and so forth. Well, I believe that in the first five verses here, we're going to see God's divine benefit package. And I believe it's a benefit that we have. And you know, the amazing thing, when you look at God's Word here, I believe that all of this, that we're saved by grace. There's no question in that, but we have a problem. Now, we know we have a sin problem, but we do have a problem. We tend to forget, don't we? We tend to forget what God has done for us. We go back to the cross, obviously from the cross, what Jesus did. He paid our debt. Our redemption is there. We sing about that today. But we have much to be thankful for, but we tend to forget those things. Now, we remember. We remember what somebody said about us. Remember when somebody said something maybe bad to us. Or we remember certain things that happened. We tend to do that, what they've done to us. But the question is, we forget what God has done for us. And I want us to remember that today. You know, we're moving into Thanksgiving season. In fact, I almost uh, 
preached on this and I probably would have had time to look at it. But you know, this has become, or Thanksgiving has become kind of the forgotten holiday. We forget why we're here and we're thankful for it. And I want to remember that today. And by the way, thank you for the meal that you've prepared. Uh, I'll drive anywhere to eat turkey. Uh, I'll do it and with some of these turkeys that I know around here. It's a good chance to be with them. And I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Boy, this is getting, I tell you what, I see a lot of new faces and that's good. And I see a lot of younger faces. You've gotten younger. I've gotten older. One of the two. I don't know which it is. Probably both. But I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for what God's doing. And I, I love Jeff. And I love his family. I appreciate so much their time together. And I remember back when uh, I was the interim here about 350 years ago. And uh, it was a great time. Well, I tell you, I appreciate so much. But it was really special to see God's man come. And I, had, I remember having lunch with Jeff at Mama Penn's, that famous Anderson landmark. Mama Penn's restaurant. And we had a chance to talk and get to know each other a little better. And I really felt in my heart and law, this was God's man to lead you in these days. And that's pretty obvious. That's what is happening to this and has come to that point. Well, let's look at these first five verses in Psalm 103. I hope your Bibles are open. And by the way, it's okay to say amen. It's okay to shout. Be fine with that. It will not bother me. It's like saying, sick them to a bulldog, okay? And by the way, since I'm a Georgia fan, you'll understand that comment, right? All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, here it is, verse 1 of David. Now watch this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Do what? Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now watch this. And forget not all of his benefits. Now here is benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with, uh, with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that you, your youth or your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father God, would you speak to our hearts today, Lord? We don't care about another sermon. We, we've heard enough of those. We need a word, and Lord, only you, Holy Spirit, can give the word right now. And I ask you to take absolute charge of this service. Now, I know I'm your mouthpiece, but I want to ask you to speak through me today. Speak to hearts. Hearts will hear today what you have for them. Not so much what I say, but what you have for them today. I pray for Jeff and his family. I pray for this sweet mom that probably, Lord, looks like soon she's going to enter into that glorious rest of eternity. And Father, I pray you prepare my brother, be with him in this time. I thank you for the privilege of being here. And I'm excited to see what you're doing at Grace View. These are great days, and I thank you for that. Now, Lord, I pray you take this message, you bathe it in your power. Holy Spirit, do your work today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. That's a great word. How many times have we said that? I probably say that quite often in a prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, I said earlier, we tend to forget. And I don't want us to forget today. I want us to remember this. And by the way, this is just merely a sampling. The Word of God is full of truth upon truth upon truth. But I want us to look at these today. David kind of just absolutely burst forth. I believe with all of his heart. I don't think David sat quietly by with his hands folded. I think David was excited. And I think he really began to rejoice because he began to remember. God calls him to remember. David had that problem. He was like all of us. He would forget. But he didn't forget this time. He remembered what God had done for him. 
And so bursting forth, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Then David begins to list those benefits. Let me tell you, let's just walk through them this morning and look at this. This is Thanksgiving. We have much to be thankful for. And I believe David does two things. One, he praises the Lord. Number two, we're going to see him pardon the Lord or ponder the Lord, I should say. First of all, praise the Lord. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. I quoted it, but let's look at it one more time. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. That word bless means to kneel. It's a very special. It's kind of an idea of adoration. It's kind of the idea of praise. It bursts forth with enthusiasm. And by the way, I believe that all we can be enthusiastic, whether it's song, whether it's preaching the word, whatever it is, we ought to be enthusiastic. We ought to be excited because of what God has done for us. So with that devotion, with that whole being, David is filled with great emotion. And he just shouts it out, I believe. I believe he didn't say this with a calm voice. I believe it was really was exciting when he said that. But I want us to ponder the Lord. We praise him, but I want us to ponder the Lord. And that's kind of what David does when he talks about that he's the God of benefits that'll be there. But what about God's benefits? Well, when you look at these, and, and I'll read them again when I go through them in just a moment ago, they're kind of personal pronouns. And, you know, here he is forgetting for, uh, you know, here he is, he's feeling with recognition, he's feeling with excitement. And this ought to cause the Word of God to do that because that word benefit means that we rest from him. And we rest in him. And we know we have that rest in him. Now, we may not feel like rest. We're, we're crazy, busy people. In fact, uh, I love the holidays. I, I really do. But I, little get, I get concerned because of people that just absolutely go overboard. And we just wear ourselves out. We can't really enjoy what the holidays are about. The holidays are not about giving gifts, and they are. But the holidays are about a gift that we got years ago, thousands of years ago, in the fact of Jesus Christ our Lord, when that gift came to us. And that's why we can have these benefits and we talk about these benefits. And by the way, the word root benefits, the root word is the word which we get our word camel. That's interesting, isn't it? Camel. Do you ever think what a camel is? And by the way, I do, and I don't believe this is fact, but I honestly, if God ever looked at a camel, I think he said, oops. You know, one hump, two hump, no hump. I don't know what you got. But you think about a camel. God made that camel purposely to travel the desert. And that's what he is. He's the ship of the desert, so to speak. But he did that. So when you think about those benefits, they're steady. Because listen, we get caught up in all this kind of stuff. We get caught up in all the happenings, all the causes of life, everything that's there. But the reality is we forget we forget what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And we forget why we're thankful, and we forget why this time of the year we ought to be thankful. We tend to forget and forget and forget. But that's not what we're going to do today. You know, interesting enough, did you know that the world is changing? <laughs> do you understand that? By the way, the church is changing. The church today is not necessarily the church it used to be. Now, I know people, you know, we get nostalgic. I understand all that. Let me tell you something. We have a new group of folks coming along who love the Lord, who love Jesus, who are excited about Jesus. We have a new brand. So the church is changing. Let me tell you something else. You and I are changing. Look in the mirror if you don't believe it. You know, 
I said goodbye this morning to a few more hairs in my head. Down the drain they went. Some of those things that happen, you know, we do that. You, you, we're getting older. We, we think about that, and that's what's happening to us. In fact, that is okay. It's all right because it's a way of life that is there. So when we think about this, what are these benefits that he gives? We ponder the Lord. What are those benefits? Well, first of all, look at verse 3. Now, I want you the first one is, as a sinner, guess what? He forgives you. He forgives me. Watch verse 3. Who forgives all our iniquity. Now, think about that. That word, what is man's greatest need? What's his greatest need? His greatest need is to have our sins forgiven. Iniquity, that's what he talks about. He says he forgives our iniquity. That word means to bent. It's kind of the idea of being crooked, crookedness that'll be there. Our nature is bent. By the way, when you were born, you were born with the nature of sin. The one thing we inherited, we inherited from Adam, our sin nature. That's what came down. He passed that down to us. I love it. I, I got an argument one time years ago in seminary with a seminary professor in New Testament. He said, you can't tell me that a child, a baby that's less than a year old has a sin nature. And I asked him, I said, do you have any children? No. I said, then you don't understand that. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to me. Who taught our kids to act like they act? They kind of learn that. They have a nature in them. We do. We're, they have a nature. Our nature is bent that way. And God redeemed us, folks. He redeemed us from the curse of that, which is there. So our sin nature is there. We're a sinner. That by guilty there. Forgiveness, what he said, I forgive you of all of your iniquities. Every one of those iniquities. By the way, that is present tense. What does that mean? Simply means continuous. He continues to forgive us for all our iniquities. Now, I didn't say sinless perfection. The only way you and I are going to obtain sinless perfection is one day we step inside of glory. At that moment, in that moment, we'll be sinned. While we're on this earth, I'm sorry, our old flesh, I hate to bust your bubble, but that is exactly what happened. In fact, let me just read a verse of Scripture to you, just kind of help you out here. Over in 1 John chapter 2, you don't need to just mark it out. I want to read it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to this. He says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Whoa, whoa. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate. By the way, the word advocate, you know what that is? Lawyer. We have a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have, an, we have a lawyer. As a sinner, he forgives me. Hey, well, that's why I can say, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is with me, bless his holy name. He forgives me. He has the right to do that. That's what got Jesus in trouble. He could forgive sin. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what happened on that cross, folks. When Jesus forgives our sins. So as a sinner, he forgives me. Benefit number one. Number two, as what? As a sick man, he heals me. Now watch this. Hang on with me. Notice verse three. Let me explain something to you. It says, and forgets all our benefits. He forgives all our iniquity and he heals all our diseases. Now listen to me very carefully. I believe in divine healing. I don't believe there's any other kind. I'm sorry. In fact, that's why they call doctors. And if you're a doctor... I'm, God bless you. But that's why they call doctors practicing physicians. Do you understand that? That doctor does what that doctor does. Man, I mean, God bless him. But let me tell you something. God is the healer. But this is not what he's talking. This is not talking about divine healing right here. Don't misunderstand this. This is not the issue. And I believe in that. 
This is not sickness. It is a sickness, rather, of the soul. Now, when I say a sickness of soul, what do I mean? Well, lust, hate, greed. I mean, we can go on and on, you know, uh, on we can go. Discouragement that'll be there. All these things that are out there in our life that benefits there. that We go over and over and over. It happens. Guilt, doubt, you name it. We have this because that's who we are. And we have that nature in us. And he said, listen, he heals he forgives all my sins, but he heals all my diseases, the diseases, the sickness of my soul. Now, if you want to overcome greed, how do you overcome greed? You know how you overcome greed. The same way you overcome lust, overcome anything else, because God makes the way. And that's why he says, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. So that's a prayer we can pray. Lead me not into temptation, Lord, but deliver me from evil. And he'll deliver because he makes a way of escape. Temptation is not the sin. It's we let that plane land where it shouldn't land. That gets us in trouble. So he thinks about this. Healing of the soul. Hebrews 13, 8. Love that verse. It says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Guess what? Present tense again. Why is that important? Because he never changes. He is the same yesterday. He is the same Today, he is the same forever. That's the truth we have. That's the hope we have. That's what we know today we have. We have a God, we have a Savior that never changes. He never stops away. That divine psyche, so to speak, is always there. It begins the very first day of our life, and it continues on. The effect this healing has on us is God's divine healing for us. It heals our soul. It heals those sins in our life that are there. And you think about that. He's ever with us. He's the same yesterday. You know, what can I do about my past? I can learn from it, but can I correct it? No. My present is where I am. What about my future? You know, it's okay to think about your future. Hey, we all do. Uh, I, I do. I don't think about it as much as I used to. I'm thinking about the future now because I'm a little closer to glory than I have been. And for me, that's okay. I'm not upset about it one bit in the world. I'm not ready to leave, but you know, if it's time, it's time, and I'm glad to go. But the beauty of it is I have a hope. You see, when Jesus walked forth triumphant from that grave that we celebrate on Easter, that resurrection morning, you and I can celebrate because we're believers and children of the God that he who is the same yesterday, today, and forever Death has lost its sting. Death has lost its power. Because now the hope we have is in the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. So, as a sinner, he forgives me. As a sick man, he heals me. In fact, but the thing about it is, and I guess this is probably something we need to do. We need to take the medicine. You ever notice that? You know, you go to the doctor, and the doctor prescribes medication. You know the amazing thing I'm finding out now? I'm, I'm realizing that I'm a little bit older, because guess what? I have a few more pills to take than I used to have to take. It's an amazing thing. I think, how in the world can I remember all of this? And really, most of them are supplements. You know, I got vitamin this and vitamin that and multivitamin this and that and this and the other, all those kind of things. We all do that. But we do, we have to take that medicine. Well, what good does that medicine do if it sits on a shelf? We're to take it. We're to take the medication. That's what it prescribed for. In fact, hold your place. Flip over just to your right. I want to read something to you. Go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. 
and find verse 17. Psalm 107, verse 17. Let's talk about this. And, and, and this is a great, so much great scripture, but I love this. Now, beginning in Psalm 107, verse 17, it says, Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquity suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food. They drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Look at this. And he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is in me, bless his holy name. Go back, if you will, now to Psalm 103. We've talked about that. Look at another one here. As a slave, guess what? As a slave, he redeems me. As a sinner, he forgave me. As a sick man, he heals me. But as a slave, he does what? He redeems me. Look at verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit. Now, all of us were born, were slaves to sin. That's what we are. People are there. People are, I'm not a slave. Well, there are people in sin today. They're slaves to sin. You think about, well, how, what are we, we all can't be listen. There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says all. How many is all? All. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we're all slaves to sin. Well, God saved us, and God saw this problem, and guess what? God did something about that problem that was there. And listen, the thing we need to understand, that He, listen, a saint of God is, we're going to be there. We're a saint today because of what Jesus did on that cross and because of the fact that we, at some point in time in our life, trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Ask the question, are you washed in the blood? I hope you are. Are you redeemed by the grace of God? Has there been a time in your life, not that you can remember the exact moment, minute, and hour, I'm not talking about that, but has there been a time looking back over your life, you can say, yes, there was a time in my life when I know that I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Then, my friend, listen to me. All of you, as a saint of God, as one who's redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, heaven is going to be your home. Now, have you ever thought about that? Think about what you were. Think about what you are. In fact, let me read some scripture. You don't need to turn. Ephesians chapter 2, you know this. Let me read the first couple of verses to you. Now, I'm talking about who we were, okay? Listen to this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's Satan himself among whom we all, all, all once lived. Guess what? We're all there. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But listen to that verse 4. How does it start? But God. Aren't you glad for those conjunctions? But God. Go back, if you will, to Psalm 103. But God, God is rich in His mercy, grace, all those things He did. This is who we were. We were dead in trespasses and sin. God saw that need. God provided that need. God took care of that all the way back from the Garden of Eden, providing one day that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would come. 
He would come. He would stand on that cross. The Bible says he was dead. He died according to the Scripture. He was raised three days later according to the Scripture. Jesus Christ came. He paid the price for you and me. We don't have to pay that price. We can't pay it. By the way, any of you perfect? Good. I'm glad. Guess what? None of us are. I know there's some folks who think they are. I'm sorry they're not. And they're not. Listen, they don't have all the answers. God has the answers. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But listen to this next one. As a son, guess what? He crowns me. I love this. He not only redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with what? Steadfast love and mercy. Did you ever think about that? Steadfast love and mercy. Compassion. Holiness. Godliness. That'll bear. The touch of the master. He crowns us with that. That's what we have. We're blessed with that today. We are His children. Thank God we're His children. In fact, I think one of the great verses in the Old Testament is found in the book of Lamentations. You don't need to turn. I know. (laughs) By the way, let me help you out. If if somebody ever tells you to turn to the book of Lamentations, don't turn. Go to the index. Most of us have a hard time finding Lamentations. We really do. But I think this is great. You know, uh, I, I love this passage of Scripture. It says in verse Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, great verses. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Do you ever get that? It doesn't cease. It doesn't come to an end. They are new every morning. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning. They don't ever cease. Those blessings never stop to come. And the master who touched those things in our life, we are blessed beyond measure. Think about that. Do you realize how blessed you are at, at, in a house? Most of us had a car. We've got a car. We got here. We've got a roof over our head. We've got a bed to sleep in. We've got some side of food to eat. Do you realize that 95% of the world's population does not have those things today? They don't. You think, well, that's not, yeah, that's a lot of people. They don't have that. I can take you to places they just don't have these things. They would love to be able to have, they would love to have our scraps. In fact, we've, and I've, I've got a dog, and we feed our pet better than most of the world is fed today. That's something, isn't it? But that's the way we are. And thank God, though, his mercies are new every morning. Every morning they're new. But, you know, as a saint, he, he absolutely satisfies me. As a saint, he said, by the way, and we, get, we all get trouble on this sometimes. By the way, you are not elected to be a saint. I'm not picking on anybody. You're not elected. You know when you became a saint? The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you trusted him in the forgiveness of your sin. You repented of that sin. You gave your heart to him. Jesus came to live in your life. At that moment, you became a saint. You're a saint. Now, you don't act like one all the time. I understand that. But you're a saint. A saint unto a holy God, a righteous God, a loving God, a merciful God. But when you think about that, he satisfies you with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies you. He does not always give you what you want. But he'll always give you what you need. You know, can you imagine 
if we got everything we asked for? Is Ruth Graham, I, I love this story. You've heard it, I'm sure. Ruth Graham said a hundred times. She said, listen, if God had answered my prayer, yes, I would have married the wrong man five times before I met Billy. <laughs> five times. And I'm sure that'd be true some of us. But you think about those things. God's not going to give us what we want. God's going to give us what we need because sometimes our wants get ahead of what our needs really are. And he always gives us what we need and he always gives us what is best what is best for us? You say, well, that doesn't look like best. It's still best. Now, I grew up, my grandmother, I'm a city boy. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in the city, big city. But my grandparents were down in a big place called Wiggum, Georgia, famous for rattlesnakes. That's a great place to know. That's what it's famous for. It's down in South Georgia. <laughs> and I used to go to my grandmother. Well, my grandmother had two things that were common to her life, and she believed in them. Number one was garlic. Whew. Number two was castor oil. <laughs> now, if you're old enough, you remember, I don't know if they give castor oil anymore or not. I don't know. I don't want it. I didn't want it then. <laughs> but I remember when I had a stomach ache or I, I, if I had a sneeze, any little thing, I got a dose of castor oil. And, oh, I grunted, I griped, I complained. But you know, my grandmother always said this, and I didn't believe her. She said, it may not taste good, but it is the best for you. I say, it may be the best for me, but I don't want it. You know, sometimes, folks, some of the things that are best for us may not always taste good, may not always look good. But you know what? In the end, they're always good. Because God knows best what is made for you. You see, God created you and God created me. We are made in His image. And if we're made in an image, guess who knows you better than anybody else knows you? He does. He knows us the best. Therefore, He knows us the best. Every, you know, you buy a car, you get, you, they give you something with an automobile, they give you something with a new piece of equipment, whatever it is. They give you something called the directions and the instruction manual, right? Now, we don't read those. We don't read those. Men never read them. We just put them aside. Then finally we stumble in to realize we better read something. But why do they do that? Well, the manufacturer has made that item, so the manufacturer is supposed to know it best. Well, let me tell you something. God made you and God made me, and he knows me better than anybody else knows me. In fact, he knows me better than I know myself. And, you know, when you ever think about this plate right here, when you look at that fifth verse, it says, Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, he may be thinking here, as he's writing, he may be thinking about the molting process, you know, leave the feathers and that kind of thing. They're new, and that's exactly right. Well, the psalmist could easily be referring to what? The truth that an eagle retains its strength, its vigor, Throughout all of life. And that's what God is saying. He is renewing you every day. Now, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not. None of us are. We get older. We just can't do those things. But you know, the truth of it is, God is preparing me for a better place. God's preparing us for a better place. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If this world is the best we've got, forget it. But let me tell you something. This is not the best. This ain't even close to the best. Now, that's not good English, but that's good theology. The best is yet to come because the best is called glory. The best is called heaven where God is. 
where he walks those streets of gold. I don't know what it's going to be like. In fact, somebody asked me one time, well, what about this? What about that? I said, listen, if it is good down here, listen to me. If it's good down here and we're going to a perfect place made by a perfect God, preserved by a perfect Father, then let me tell you what. What's good down here is a whole lot better where we're going. It's a whole lot better. And that's what he says. He said, listen, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits. Why? Because God has done so much for us. We tend to remember the wrong things, and we tend to forget the best things that are there. Just like that eagle, he's renewed every day. He's, he's entirely all his life. And you know, God is doing what? God does what? God is pruning you. God's pruning me. And he's getting us ready for glory. I had a friend of mine. He's in heaven today. He used to always refer. He said, listen, I've got my earth suit. This is called the earth suit, right? This is what we're suited for in this environment. Somebody said, well, what's it going to look like in glory? I don't know. I mean, we can theorize about a lot of things. It does tell us some of it. But you know, the truth of it is, this suit, this is prepared for here. Where we're going is going to be prepared for a better place. And God's going to prepare us for a better place. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. I want you just to listen. It said, your bars shall be iron and bronze. And as your days, so shall your strength be. That's exactly what we talk to. And you know, the tragedy is we get so caught up in the burdens and the problems of this life. And I understand that. I understand we do. We always do. We've got to go. We've got to make that living. We've got to keep going. We've got to get those benefits in our life. We need this. We need that. Listen, that's all right. Stuff is okay. But let me tell you something. That is not where it's at. If we have anything to be thankful for this coming season, we ought to be thankful for the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price, Fought the battles, won the victory, so that you and I can walk victorious there. Don't get so caught up in that. I wonder how many of us are really at the place where our soul would say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is in me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Do we know that today? Is that the assurance we have today? We're going to eat a good meal in a few minutes. We thank God for that. But you know, think about that. We have a lot to be thankful for. You say, man alive. Have you looked at the gas prices lately? Yeah, yeah, I put them in my tank. Have you looked at, have you looked at the price of food? Yeah, yeah, I have to do that too. Do you know what? There's one thing. That never changes. He's the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. Always, always. Father God, would you, in your sovereign grace and mercy, would you touch our lives today, Lord, and speak to our hearts? Would you reveal yourself to us in a new and a fresh way? Lord, the most important thing now is our relationship with you. Not anything else, Lord. The important question is this. Are we ready 
to meet you in eternity. Are we? Now, I'm not saying that's going to be today. But Lord, you know the hour, you know the moment, you know every second. One day we're going to stand there. And Father, one, will we be ready because you're going to come like a thief in the night? Will we be ready when you do come? And that's what you tell us on and on. Quit looking at the signs. Quit trying to determine the hour. Only the Father knows. Be ready. Are we ready? Are we ready? But Lord, are we also ready to settle the fact that yes, I have committed my life to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not perfect. None of us are. But Lord God, you know me better than I know me. You know us better than we know us. And Father, today, above all else, speak to every heart here today. If there's one in the sound of my voice that does not know you personally as their Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about a religious experience. I'm not talking about just praying a prayer, joining a church, being I'm not talking about any of those things. Do they know you personally? If that is true in their life, amen. But if it's not, if they don't know you personally, I pray in this time of invitation, as we worship you in song, that Lord, you'll speak to every heart and we'll be open to respond. Mike's going to come and be down here at the front. He'll receive you. If, if you need to make anything public today, I'm going to encourage you to come. I don't know what that is. You may need to be baptized. You may need to join this fellowship. You may need to commit your life to Christ. You may make that public today. Take him by the hand and say, yes, that's me. Follow him today. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And I pray we would not forget. Be thankful with a grateful heart. Father, today take charge. Do your great work in our lives. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name.